You're listening to the Future Composer Podcast, a show that empowers composers, musicians, and artists with knowledge. Now, here's your host, John Presley. Today's guest is Sana Wehrmeyer, an Emmy-nominated composer based in Los Angeles and originally from the Netherlands. She's made waves in Hollywood both as a composer and as a vocalist, adding her voice to many films, including The Hunger Games. Sana has composed additional music for Ridley Scott films like Robin Hood and Prometheus, and her star continues to rise with her own film scores and commercial work. Sana, I want to welcome you to the podcast, and thanks for talking with us today. Thank you. So let's start off by walking through a perfect day of composing music. The sun is shining. You're locked away in a studio writing or producing. Everything is going right. Tell me, what does that day look like for you? Well, first of all, uh, practically, my machines are all working well. <laughs> That's always a nice start, that there's no hiccups, no technical hiccups. Everything is uh, working flawlessly. And then, most importantly, something nice to score. If I have a nice scene in a movie or a, or a TV show or, or a commercial or anything, an inspiring scene that's shot well, that's always a, a great start, of course. And, I mean, once I have a nice scene to score, then, you know, there's this little magical moment that happens of just writing music, and then all of a sudden it's four hours later, you know, and I'm done done with the scene or two scenes or whatever. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> it's like it's like this this little magical flow of uh, everything going right. I come up with a nice theme. Uh, I come up with a nice orchestration that I'm happy with. Um, hopefully created a few new nice sounds that'll blend nicely with my orchestra. That's That's kind of... What? Yeah, that, that, I would call that a good day. <laughs> That's perfect. So when you're writing, are you, are you notating on a computer? Or are you writing on an instrument? Or are you writing by hand? Or are you singing? Tell me just maybe your general process when you sit down to write. Sure, it's all on the computer. I mostly do you know, stuff against picture, but I also do library work. So there's no picture, there's just you know, me writing. I'll write directly into Cubase using Ableton as well. And I usually, I'll start, I mean, sometimes, depending on what it is, I'll, I'll do a piano sketch, if it's really a, a more complicated, you know, harmonic thing. But often I'll just start straight with, I'll, you know, do my strings and I'll do my brass or whatever's necessary. And I'll just keep adding and adding to it. But that's also because I have very little patience, so <laughs> things, things have to happen quickly. That's great. Well, it helps you get things done, so not having patience. Yes. So... You know, let's get into your work a little bit. You've provided additional music to several Ridley Scott films, uh, Robin Hood, Prometheus, things like that. Tell me, how did that relationship get started and what has that been like? Uh, sure, that was in a time that I worked at the studio of a composer called Mark Streidenfeld. So that was like 2010, 11, 12. He's the main composer of those movies. And I basically worked there. You know, I was starting out doing technical stuff and just fixing MIDI and orchestrate, you know, MIDI orchestration, stuff like that. And I think one day I, I think I just wrote a scene even without being asked and just showed it and died, of course, because <laughs> I was very scared. Did I just do something silly? But uh, he actually liked it and showed it to Ridley. I mean, I, I don't think Ridley knew that I was writing anything at the time. This was kind of my early, early Hollywood days. 
it just kind of worked well, and I could kind of see into, I could understand what the composer was trying to achieve and do this, do the same thing or do something similar. And uh, I managed to write a bunch of stuff on, yeah, Robin Hood. And Prometheus was a great one because I mean it was such a big and exciting production at the time. Uh, I remember doing the scene where uh, where she she gives birth she gives herself a C-section of the alien. <laughs> it's, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty horrible, but I think at some point I actually switched to the, the, the scene off because I just couldn't watch it anymore. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so horrible. <laughs> and at some point, if I I kind of have my you know orchestral effect thing going on, so. <laughs> I could kind of guess where what was happening. That's fantastic. So that was probably a tremendous boost of confidence being given the opportunity and, and getting that opportunity for yourself, making it happen to be able to score part of those films. Absolutely, yeah. So you've also worked as a vocalist. Like I mentioned, some of the Hunger Games movies. You have a beautiful voice. Tell me, what are your strengths as a vocalist? I want you to brag on yourself a little bit. What do you feel like you add to a score? Well, I'm not, not sure if it's plural strengths, but a strength is, I think, uh, I think my voice has a certain quality that's, uh, it, it's, it, it's quite fragile, and it, I don't think it's used or necessary that often, but when you do need it, then it seems to fit the bill quite well, particularly in Hunger Games, for whoever saw the movie, there's uh, the main c- character, Katniss, played by Jennifer Lawrence goes through a lot of shit in the movie obviously and uh and there's several scenes where she's by herself she's emotional and that's when my voice comes in there's a tune that james newton howard wrote and i sang and it it seems to really draw you into what she's feeling at that moment because she's fragile and my voice is is fragile and somehow that that seemed to add a lot to to those scenes if that makes sense so when you're recording vocals by yourself in your own studio, you're providing them to a composer. Tell me about that process, and, and are you mostly reading written parts? Are you improvising? How many tracks? What are you giving to the composer? What Obviously, they're calling you because you do great work, so tell me about that great work. Yeah, that depends. Like Stuff on The Hunger Games, James Newton Howard wrote a very particular line, and I sang it exactly like that because I know that that's how he had it in his head. Yeah, there was another film last year oh my gosh i can't can't remember what it was called but i got hired and they basically said here's the line but why don't you add some harmonies to it and well doing harmonies is like my favorite thing in the world so i gave them i guess three you know two or three options of each line so they could double it and do all kinds of stuff with it i think that's where because i'm a composer i have a you know a good ear i suppose i can hear you know i I can add I can add stuff to something that that maybe they hadn't thought of yet, or you know, especially the harmonies, because some some singers are you know good at that. Some singers are not that good at it, because but that that maybe helps that I'm a composer and I, I have that ear. That's brilliant. So you're continuing to work and learn alongside some of the best in Hollywood. We talked about James Newton Howard, who you've been working with. What have you learned about scoring from him? And what have the best composers taught you in general? I mean, James is, I mean, he is really a really very, a very good composer and also a very nice person, which often doesn't go together. <laughs> he's, uh, he's both. Um, it's funny because he also writes really very quick and, and he still does very good work. And I always thought that was so inspiring that 
you know, you don't have to spend a week on one action scene. If you can do it in two days, because uh, that's how I work. And like you say, that's how you get stuff done. That's probably how he does score four movies in a year. Um, but he, I mean, yeah, gosh, he, he kind of has this magical thing going on of writing beautiful themes. But he's also very good at adding electronic elements to his scores. And that's definitely something I learned from a lot, because I used to just kind of go the orchestral route for years. Because that's kind of my my thing, but yeah, from him I learned a very elegant way of adding synth to to the orchestra or to the scores. That actually works really well, and it doesn't have to be overpowering or you know dated or whatever. It can actually be it can be elegant as well, and that's 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 something well one of many things that I I learned from him. That's great. So tell me, let's go back to your early musical training, the hours of practice, the good, the bad, the moments that made you, you as a composer, as a vocalist, as a musician. Tell me about those early years. Sure. Well, um, well like any composer, I started piano at four. <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of what we all do. I always hated practicing the piano. Uh, I basically, yeah, I mean, I did, but I hated it. That was always kind of Writing and coming up with tunes as a kid as well. Um, the whole lessons thing I thought was horrible. And then I went into, I, I did study composition and music production in Holland before moving to LA. And I hated that as well. I thought that was four years of torture. It was, I mean, I loved Hollywood scores at the time. And that was just, I mean, they, they, hate, they hated that stuff. That's, that's not something I could say out loud. It was all about being unique and original and coming up, you know, recording a broken glass thing and make it into a piece of music, stuff like that. I just wasn't, I wasn't into that. So, I mean, talk about frustration and torture. <laughs> Those were four years of torture. And then I moved to LA right away. And here I just, it was like coming home because everybody loved film music. Everybody loved Alan Silvestri and John Williams. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, uh, I finally felt like, oh, this can actually be my profession. And I mean, it's eight and a half years later now. Of course, there's been years here of working insane hours and working through the night and thinking, what, what am I doing? <laughs> but uh, but that's, that's, you know, all part of it. And I, I mean, I never regret moving here and doing this because that was the best decision I ever made. Now, I know recently you've done some work with Moby. Tell me, how did that come about and what was that like for you? Yeah, that was awesome. That was, I mean, it was a little random. It was, uh, gosh, I met him at a session uh, when I still worked for James Newton Howard. They were doing the Bourne Legacy, and Moby always does the end song for all the Bourne movies. And so he was at the session, and we just, I don't know, for some reason we started talking, and he invited me to his ho castle in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> I thought, this is still very random. <laughs> I was a little worried at first, but... Uh, he was super nice and just, you know, played me some of his stuff. But that, a while after that, he just uh, asked, do you want to do some arrangements for my, or like orchestral uh, MIDI synth arrangements for his album? I'm like, hell yeah, of course. So he just gave me a, you know, USB drive. I had, I think I had two days to do it. So I worked through the night because uh, I still had a day job at the time for Jane. And, uh, 
and he was really happy with it. I went over and he was listening to it and you know kind of mixing stuff in taking stuff out he was very quick with uh, mixing everything in and then you know it ended up on the album that was that was pretty insane to be honest <laughs> so you're used to staying up all night if you have to if it's worth it to create something great yeah i mean to be honest now i have a almost two-year-old son uh this was still before that and to be i mean now <laughs> i really prefer not to do that <laughs> i really go out of my way to not do that stuff, but I'm I'm freelance now, so I, I make my own hours, and and usually I'm able, because if I work during the day, I'm so concentrated, you know. I have a nanny here who I pay by the hour, so I'm like, okay, let's get some shit done. And to be honest, that's a great way of working because I'm super concentrated and I get so much stuff done. Not looking at Facebook, not looking at email. Uh, that's actually quite nice. Let's talk about your studio, the types of instruments, the hardware, the software you use. You mentioned it a little bit, but go as deep as you want. We can totally nerd out on what your gear is, what your process is from a hardware and software perspective. Sure. Um, so I work from home. I have a little, well, I call it a writing room rather than a studio. <laughs> I have uh, three Mac Pros, Fireface 800 as my interface. Um, on my main machine, I write in Cubase using Ableton uh, with Rewire. And then I have my video running in Pro Tools. Uh, that runs all very smoothly, thank God. And then I have two other machines, the Mac Pros for VE Pro. Uh, one is mostly play stuff, Hollywood strings and brass, because they run kind of heavy. And then the other one is just lots and lots of contact stuff, uh, some Omnisphere. I've got some of the Spitfire orchestra stuff, and then, you know, all this heaviosity stuff, 8IO, like so, so many things. And I often, you know, for a project, I'll flip through different sounds and, and make new templates, of course. But, like, there's a basic template that's always the same. So, what are your plans for the future? Tell me what type of projects you're looking to work on and why. I mean, my first love is, is film, but... Recently, I've worked on a TV show for a ABC, and supposedly soon, I'm going to be writing on an NBC TV show. And uh, so this is the first time I'm getting into TV, and I really like it, because so many shows are now, I mean, they're almost like mini-movies. They're shot really cinematically, um, so you can still do a lot musically. But it really suits my speed of writing and my speed of working and the quick turnaround. So I think, yeah, I, I'm kind of putting my... Not not my eggs in one basket, but I'm kind of focusing on the TV side at the moment. I think that's smart as things are starting to move towards television, towards streaming. Uh, there's just so much great, like you said, cinematic work out there. I've been talking to a lot of composers that are really excited about the future of, of television and digital content. Absolutely. So as we start to wrap up, give me some really great, powerful parting advice for composers, musicians, singers, artists, freelancers, people who are thinking about building a career in music, maybe as a composer. What is that general theme? What is that guiding principle that has carried you to this point? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit cliche, but I think if you really want to do it, then really go for it and, and be okay with having to, to sacrifice things like having a social life, you know? Because everything, it all gets better over time. You know, usually every, every period of time takes a few years and then you're into the next few years of doing something else and things change and things get better and, and be okay with sometimes taking a step back in order to then 
take a few steps up later again. I think that's that's a clever, sometimes a clever thing to do because sometimes people think they're oh my gosh I've made it and then they fall off this fake mountain that they're on and uh, you know always just anticipate things that can happen or shift and uh, I mean it's hard but it's not that hard I think a nine to five job in a cubicle is harder than trying to be a composer or an artist uh, and then one last thing know when to fake it you know they say in Hollywood fake it till you make it which is a little lame but just a small element of truth is it that uh, if if someone asks you can you do this or that then you can say yes and <laughs> Just learn it quickly, because <laughs> often you think you, know, you might think you can not do something or whatever, but you know you didn't even know that you could. Uh, that's actually how I got one of my first jobs for Mark Streitenfeld that I that we talked about at the beginning, because I kind of got hired and on day one I had to put a whole Pro Tools rig together with hardware with with legacy ports, and I I don't oh my gosh at the time I didn't even know what you know a digi thing was. So I basically said, yeah, oh, yes, I can do that. And I spent looking at my phone, looking it up, how to do it while doing it, and uh, pulled it off. <laughs> so, and then I had a, a job for years writing on Ridley Scott movies. So. That's great advice. We always have to push ourselves further, and you never know where that's going to end up. So exactly. sounds, sounds like things are going great for you. And I uh, really appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. There's been some great, great advice in here, and I uh, look forward to hearing a lot more from you soon. Thanks very much, John. All right, we'll talk soon. Thank you. You've been listening to the Future Composer Podcast. For more podcast episodes and in-depth articles, visit futurecomposer.com. To learn more about our host, visit johnpresleymusic.com.